in the words of uh, William Faulkner, he said, they killed us, but they ain't whooped us yet. <laughs> but they ain't whooped us yet. Sure feels like they whooped us. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Yes, a little bit scared. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio on the day after, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI News Radio. In Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Columbus, Ohio, on WGRN 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York, on 102.9 FM WLPP. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We are also streaming coast-to-coast and around the globe on the intertubes, as long as they keep them up. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. So, um, what's going on? The, uh, The day before Election Day, in essentially my... My final argument before the election uh, in in a broadcast that we had called Believe Nothing and Other Good Advice on the day before Election Day, I had, among other things to say, this. Anybody who thinks that this election is going to just end with a nice, easy election day, anybody who thinks that's going to happen has not been paying attention to this insane election season. So I, and I, so I suspect there's going to be still many surprises uh, between now and then, just as there has been from the jump. And frankly, even if all goes well at this point, uh, it, it goes smoothly. That alone would be a surprise. That would be a huge surprise at this point. Maybe that would be the, the capper. In any, in any event, uh, stay uh, skeptical, uh, but stay calm. Help your fellow voters uh, between now and the end of Election Day and Election Night. Maybe we can all pull together, somehow get through this together. That would be nice as a country, as a nation, as we should. But until then, until then, stay uh, stay skeptical. Believe nothing. Believe nothing. I went on to uh, tell folks on Monday uh, to plead with folks over and over again, as I have been for a very long time, to take nothing for granted, to believe Nothing that you are hearing from the candidates or the pollsters or the corporate media that an election uh, like this was not going to just end happily with Hillary Clinton winning easily, Donald Trump thanking her, walking away gracefully. 
Uh, I tried to tell folks that on Monday, that the most extraordinary election in U.S. history, full of surprises, insane surprises, every single day since Trump came down that escalator to announce his candidacy and that Mexicans were rapists, that uh, that campaign, that election likely had more surprises ahead in the final 24 hours. Well, surprise. The good news, uh, more Americans apparently voted against the president-elect of the United States than for him. At least 200,000 more votes were reportedly cast for Hillary Clinton than for Donald Trump in this election. That number uh, will likely increase in the days ahead as uh, absentees and provisional ballots are tallied. So uh, at least we got that going for us as a nation. Small comfort, I realize, as uh, Donald Trump has now been declared the president-elect of the United States. But despite uh, Clinton having won the popular vote, we don't, as I cautioned over and over and over again also on this program, we do not run national presidential elections. We run 50 state elections all on the same day. And it is there that reportedly Donald Trump has won the presidency. I think only Michigan uh, right now, as we go to air, has yet to be called by the media, though Trump uh, appears to be leading there, too. Uh, The results, I will add, from no states. No states are officially, officially canvassed and certified at this point. In fact, almost none of the actual votes cast yesterday or during early voting have actually been tabulated by human beings. Almost all have been tallied only by computers, either correctly or incorrectly. We may never know unless human beings actually bother to count those ballots, at least where they are available. We can never know how Americans actually voted at all on the 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems that are still used throughout the country, including in key states like Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin and Ohio. All as we have also cautioned for a very, very long time, both on the broadcast and at Brad blog. So for today, in any event, we are talking about the results as reported, as reported by the media and the computers, because at the moment, that is largely all that we have to go on at this hour. Politico reports that the Republican National Committee, despite its sometimes testy relationship with Donald Trump, publicly predicted in the campaign's final days that its presidential nominee was going to win, but privately The committee was much less optimistic. The RNC's sophisticated predictive modeling had Trump losing in the campaign's last stretch all the way until Friday afternoon before the election, according to an embargoed briefing that the RNC delivered to reporters at the party's Capitol Hill headquarters on that Friday afternoon. At the time of the briefing, Politico says the RNC's model showed Trump finishing 30 electoral votes short of the tally needed to clinch the White House while losing by various margins to Hillary Clinton in the battleground states of Florida, Iowa, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, all of which, I should add, Donald Trump has reportedly now won instead of lost, as the, uh, as the RNC thought he was going to do. Trump won all of those states, they say, and the Associated Press declared him the winner at 2.31 a.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. A shocking upset victory that most pollsters struggled to explain. 
The fact that even the models put together by Trump's own National Party committee weren't forecasting a victory is a testament to just how much the outcome confounded conventional metrics, reports Ken Vogel over at Politico. So even the pollsters don't understand it. Uh, Ari Berman, our friend over at The Nation today, notes that there were 25 debates during the presidential primaries and general election and not a single question about the attack on voting rights, even though this was the first presidential election in 50 years without the full protection of the Voting Rights Act. Fourteen states had new voting restrictions in place for the first time in 2016, including crucial swing states like Wisconsin and Virginia. Yet we heard nary a peep about it on Election Day, except from outlets like The Nation, Ari Berman. This was the biggest undercovered scandal of the 2016 campaign, he writes. Oh, you did hear about it here on the broadcast, by the way. For example, he writes 27,000 votes currently separate Trump and Clinton in Wisconsin. 27,000 votes currently separate Trump and Clinton in Wisconsin, where 300,000 registered voters, according to a federal court, lacked the strict forms of photo ID now needed to vote in Wisconsin. You got that? 27,000 votes separated Trump and Clinton. 300,000 registered voters don't have the type of ID now needed to vote. In Wisconsin, voter turnout in Wisconsin was at its lowest levels in 20 years. I wonder why that happened. And it decreased 13 percent in Milwaukee, where 70 percent of the state's African-American population lives. That, according to Daniel Nikanian of the University of Chicago. Remember those photo ID laws I drive you crazy about all year around? Not just in the days right before the election, but all year around and the years before that and the years before that. Ari goes on to write, how many people were turned away from the polls? How many others didn't bother to show up in the first place because they didn't think they had the right type of ID? These are questions we need to take far more seriously, he says. In 2014, a study by Rice University and the University of Houston of Texas's 23rd congressional district found that 12.8 percent of registered voters who didn't vote in the election cited lack of required photo ID as the reason that they did not cast a ballot. 12.8 percent down in Texas. On Election Day, there were 868 fewer polling places in states across the country with a long history of voting discrimination like Arizona, Texas and North Carolina. These changes to the polling place impacted hundreds of thousands of voters, yet received almost no coverage. In North Carolina, black turnout decreased 16 percent during the first week of early voting because In 40 heavily black counties, there were 158 fewer early polling places in North Carolina. Even if these restrictions had no outcome on the election, Ari writes, uh, and I will add, uh, we just do not know at this time. We don't know what the impact was in full. But he says even if it had no outcome on on the election, it's fundamentally immoral to keep people from voting in a democracy. Even more so, the media devoted hours and hours to Trump's absurd claim that the election was rigged against him while spending precious little time on the real threat that voters faced. Very little. 
When it really mattered, he concludes, uh, too many in the media treated the right to vote as a fringe issue instead of the most fundamental issue in the election. And uh, by the way, my uh, thanks, uh, Ari says something nice about us in that article, and my thanks to Ari for his heroic work uh, on covering concerns about voter suppression uh, and trying like hell to get people's attention to get them to pay attention, to get them to be concerned about it, to get them to understand this is not a fringe issue. I will, of course, uh, continue to look at all of these numbers and all of these results and the questions about exactly how many Americans lost their right to vote on Tuesday. There will be a, a lot of that in the days and the weeks and the months. And now, unfortunately, the years ahead. If I'm a Democrat today, by the way, I'd call for a hand count of every goddamn state and every goddamn race that I could. That's not available, of course, where there are 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens that are used. Many places uh, in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, North Carolina, Georgia use uh, 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens still. And as we have said for years, the fact is pretty much every result on Tuesday was reported by a computer, either rightly or wrongly. There is no way to know without counting the paper ballots. Uh, But do I believe the election was stolen? No, not right now, though perhaps it was. We cannot know. But because we deserve to know as voters, as Americans in a theoretically representative democracy, we need to know. We should know. And if Democrats stand up for anything, they should stand up for what? Democracy. Yeah. And uh, counting ballots so that we can know they've been counted and counted accurately. So we are reminded once again today. In an extraordinarily painful way for many, for many of us, why democracy and the right to vote and the right to have those votes counted and counted accurately in a way that we can know that they've been counted accurately, why all of that actually matters. Now, I've had a lot to say about this election. Uh, I will have much more to say about it in the future Um, for quite a while. As I say, unfortunately, for many years, the corporate media has also had much to say, uh, much of it apparently completely wrong. So they are busy now trying to figure out how they went so wrong today. They are trying to figure out who to blame. But of course, it seems like they got it wrong in the first place. So why should we listen to them now? Why would they get it right now? I was going to play some of uh, Trump's victory speech from Tuesday night, uh, some of Clinton's concession speech today uh, when she noted that our constitutional democracy demands our participation not just every four years, but all the time. I was going to play some remarks from Obama, his, uh, his comments in the Rose Garden about the need for a peaceful transfer of power. But you know what? In truth... On a day like today, I, uh, I've heard enough of those people right now. I would rather listen to you. I'd rather listen to you than them. I'd rather listen to you than me. Uh, as I suspect, uh, a few of you may have a few things to share over your public airwaves. And I say this a lot, but uh, hopefully it's starting to sink in today. 
Uh, use those public airwaves before you lose them more than you already have. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. You can also tweet me if you prefer. I am the Brad Blog on the Twitters, and I'll try to keep my eyes on it uh, uh, throughout the show. Uh, who or what is to blame for what happened on Tuesday? Now's a good time to start getting it out. I will uh, I will try to shut up and 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 let you speak uh, to all of us because I know that uh, you probably have a lot to say, a lot to scream, a lot to be frightened of, a lot to uh, uh, think about this extraordinary election and these incredible results uh, on this incredible day after election day. I'm going to take a quick break. And we'll be back with more Bradcast and you right here on it on your public airwaves while we still have them. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. What the public hears over the public airwaves matters. Without an informed electorate, we've got, well, we've got what we have right now. We do our best on the broadcast five days a week to balance that with accurate reporting on issues that actually matter. We don't always get it right, but we try like hell to do so. And we do it all independently and without the influence of corporate or political funding. But we can't do it without you. Please don't presume others will step up. We need you to help us keep doing what Desi Doyen and myself try to do every day on the broadcast. Please help us continue to do so by going to bradblog.com slash donate to help keep the Bradcast going and telling the truth over your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com slash donate. Don't wait. Please stop by today. Thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com on the day after, the day after uh, that we have been warning you about for so many months right here on the Bradcast while everyone else was was looking the other way, was laughing about it. Um, in any event, we will we'll do details in the days ahead. Uh, we will talk about what it all means, what the hell we can do about it, and much more. But for today, let's just hug it out together, shall we? Or scream it out together. We're all in... We are all in this together. My phone number is 818-985-5735. Phone lines are, man, already full. So who or what is to blame for Hillary Clinton's reported loss to, yes, President-elect Trump? Uh, Some suggestions here in no particular order. Uh, Is it racism? Is it sexism? Is it xenophobia? Third-party voters? Third-party candidates? Is it the Constitution and its electoral college scheme? How about uh, citizens who didn't bother to vote at all? How about FBI Director James Comey? Uh, WikiLeaks? The corporate media? The independent media? Is it my fault? It might be. Is it the pollster's fault? Is it the voter suppression? Is it the voting machines? Is it the candidate's fault, Hillary Clinton? Is it the Democratic Party for putting its thumb on the scale against Bernie Sanders? Is it the Republican Party's fault for not doing more to keep its party from becoming the party of Donald Trump? Is it something else that I haven't thought of? 
because I suspect many, many feel the, uh, this same way today, uh, irrationally, but nonetheless, I can't help but feeling like this was somehow all my fault. Really. Uh, even though I know that it wasn't. I know that makes no sense. I know that since day one, since June 16, uh, 2015, I have been warning over and over again five days a week on the broadcast that this could very well actually happen. While everyone else thought it was a joke, it could never happen, I kept trying to say, yes, absolutely it could happen. And now it seems to have happened. So uh, why? Who needs to be held accountable for it? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I want to go... Uh, I want to go straight to uh, straight to Mark here because I think Mark uh, called in last week and kept getting hung up on with our uh, yeah, problem with our phones. Yeah, hey, hi, hey, Mark from Thousand Oaks, how hey, are you, sir? Hey. Yeah. Well, I'll pick up where I left off. I'm, I'm <laughs> unfortunately I'm pretty sick to death today about all this, and I'm not in a hugging mood, so I'm probably going to shout out a little bit more. Go for it. Um, I have been calling, and you've been so gracious to take my calls through the last month. Since the New York primary, I was always calling about the Bernier bus movement. But what I used were the words, the perfect storm, and that I was concerned it would be a combination of voter suppression and that third party. Now, when I had brought up, you know, the conscious vote, I got slammed by a lot of people calling me Hillary and all this. And I basically said, yeah, you can vote your conscience, uh, but it's going to come down. It's a binary choice. And if you don't vote for Hillary, it's going to be uh, means that you don't care about your vote. So when I had called about Nader in 2000, of course, I got hammered about the uh, uh, oh, it's urban myth. Nader didn't have anything to do. And I agree about the Catherine Harris Supreme Court. That's not what I wanted to draw your attention to. Uh, but unfortunately, I never got it out. Um, when the phones hung up, I wanted to mention that in New Hampshire, I had spent a lot of time doing this study, and I looked at the uh, the statistics in New Hampshire 2000, mm -hmm. and there had been 22,198 votes for Nader. Now, they didn't have any um, in New Hampshire. All the polls in Florida showed that 60 to 61 percent of those in Florida would have voted for are, are, are we talking? Yeah, go ahead. Because I want to I want to bring it up from 2000 to uh, 2016, even though I do understand they're right. related, Mark. So, so yeah. So in 2016, yeah. I mean 2000. Uh, if you put, you know, New Hampshire is a bluer state than Florida, you're going to end up with 66, 67 percent. So basically, he did throw that election based on New Hampshire. That's all we needed without four votes. Forget Florida. Okay, we're, so, we're still at 2,000. I want to get to 2016, so, Mark. <laughs> so that's all I was saying last yeah. week, is I wish the people would not take, the, take it, you know, that yeah. there's a, a perfect storm, that we can't vote our conscience if you're yeah. in a swing state, and that these things could happen, and that's kind of kind of it and, I mean, and, and yeah and in fact they did um steve bennon uh, notes today that in florida hillary clinton lost about 1.4 percent of the vote uh to uh, trump but if jill stein's supporters and half of gary johnson's backers had voted democratic trump would have lost the state 
Similarly, in Pennsylvania, Clinton lost by about one percent of the vote. But if Jill Stein's supporters and half of Gary Johnson's backers had voted Democratic, Trump would have lost the state. Uh, he goes through a few in Wisconsin. Clinton lost about one percent of the vote. But if Stein's supporters hadn't voted Democrat, Trump would have lost the state. And in Michigan, Clinton appears to be on track to lose by about 0.3 percent of the vote. But if uh, half of Stein's supporters, just half of Stein's supporters had voted Democratic, Trump would have lost the state. That said, let me say this, Mark. I don't like blaming voters for how they vote. I, you know, and I've tried to point that out on this show uh, for a long time. And as we've been going through the campaign and uh, talking about the third party uh, people have been calling in, uh, you know, for Jill Stein, for Gary Johnson, uh, Bernie or Bust folks. And, uh, you know, I want people to vote the way they want to vote, but I want them to understand the effect that their vote has. And this is the effect. Yeah, yeah, I'm not calling to place blame. I'm just saying they own this. They need to own it. All right. Hey, Mark, good to hear from you. Thanks, man. And uh, I appreciate you calling back. You bet. All right, let me go to uh, 818-985-5735 if you can get through. Uh, a lot of people calling in. Stephanie in uh, L.A. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Mark. No, Brad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Brad. Hi, Brad. Uh, Hi. Brad, I wanted to just let you and the people know that we, the people, are to blame. No matter who you vote for, get out and vote. And there's a high percentage of people who are not exercising the right to vote. I don't think that, you know, people have to remember that women couldn't get the right to vote until 1920. Mm-hmm. And we're not really exercising that right. So no matter who you vote for, go out and vote. And another thing as well I wanted to say, mm-hmm. um, I think that there are a lot of people who were for Donald Trump who were very in the closet about it, I'd like to say. Um, yep. They were not open about it. I think that there's a lot of people out there who wanted Trump to win and were not being open about it for, for fear of, you know, people maybe putting them down for whatever reason. I think that was another big part. But I just want to let you know, mm-hmm. I'm a teacher for LAUSD, mm-hmm. and I always, I've let my eighth grade students know that they four years from now or, you know, five years from now, they're going to have that right to vote when they turn 18. And how powerful if they unite together to vote for who they feel would be the best candidate. And, and that's all I really have to say, that our future, you know, is in the hands of our students. And we got to, you know, give, we have to let them know that this right to vote is so important and to just go out there and, and do it. Thank you, Stephanie. That's, sure. Thank you. Really appreciate have the call. And you. No uh, a lot of people uh, writing in on, uh, on the Twitters. Uh, Paige Turner uh, sends a, a note to the Brad blog on, on Twitter. The DNC should have been doing all the things you just said after 2000. I think that refers to the, you know, calling for hand-counted uh, ballots and so forth. Uh, Van Jones should be the new head of the DNC. Paige Turner says, Stuart Dobson says, the left need to take some of the blame for failing to offer a coherent progressive platform. It needs uh, to reform itself now. Uh, Zero Badillion says, uh, I blame the Democrats becoming the party of war and Wall Street. Hillary Rodham Clinton couldn't even beat her self-selected opponent. And our old friend D.R. Tucker says, Brad, I do like blaming voters for how they vote if they vote for a goddamn climate denier. And apparently they did. Let's go to uh, Alberto in Los Angeles. Hey, Alberto, welcome back to the broadcast. Who do you who would you like to blame today? 
Hey, Brad, how you doing? Uh, Been better. I'd like to blame... Uh, I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'd like to blame uh, the corporate media, um, you know, CNN, mm-hmm. uh, all those, you know, that gave Trump uh, all that airtime. Um, I'm also a teacher, and, and today, you know, was a very, very difficult day trying to, you know, answer a thousand questions, but mainly just trying to figure out a way to, to explain to my students, you know, that, that, you know, although, you know, the people spoke and, you know, we live in a um, democracy, you know, that's the way it, it, it should have worked. It, it, it should have uh, happened. You know, people elect, you know, who they wanted to elect. Um, but trying to reconcile that with the fact that, you know, that this man is, uh, you know, racist and bigot and, 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 and all those things, you know, that he has demonstrated. Just trying to reconcile that with the students who were asking, like, why? How did this happen? You know, like, I thought, you know, um, you know, this was impossible. And, you know, it was very, like I said, you know, it was very, very difficult to try to do that. And, and I think part of the reason is, you know, that a lot of, you know, our students, you know, um, saw that, that Trump got a lot of uh, airtime. Mm-hmm. You know, through the corporate media, and so they're in their eyes they're saying, "Wow, this guy, you know, is is uh, given the opportunity to talk the way he does, and he's given the the, the time to to uh, criticize people and, and to um, and to paint you know people in a really negative light." Mm-hmm. Um, how is it that you know? We allowed him to become president. You well, know, those are the type of questions that I was getting. Uh, and I would also say, you know, if, if your students were wondering how is this possible, and and I think you rightly blame the corporate media from uh, for painting the picture that uh, oh, well, of course she's going to win. There's no way, he, uh, you know, Donald Trump is actually going to win. And this has been they've been doing this now for months and months. They've been treating it as if it's a joke. As if it's a a reality show instead of letting people know that, yes, when people turn out to vote, I mean, you know, I remember uh, 2004. I remember 2000 uh, when uh, George Bush report George W. Bush reportedly won both times. Hell, I remember uh, Reagan, you know, going into that election thing. It's not possible that Ronald Reagan could win, but he did. And um, The, uh, you know, the, the, the corporate media does not uh, help people understand just how important their vote is. Al- right, Alberto, right. I, I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, I really appreciate your call and, and good luck with the kids. We'll, we'll be OK. We'll be OK. Thank, Thank you. you. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's go to uh, to Barbara in L.A. Hey, Barbara, welcome to the broadcast. Who would you like to blame today? I don't know if blame is the right word, but I think Hillary conceded too soon. I think there needs to be more recounting of the votes, and I I just think she conceded too soon, and I'll listen off the air. All right. Well, I I think there needs to be more counting of the votes. Uh, We haven't actually counted them in the first place. We run them through computers, either right or wrong. Who knows? Um, you know, yeah, we need to stand up and, 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 and demand that we have ballots that can be counted and that actually are counted. Because, you know, this election, by the way, could have very easily gone a different way. Uh, you know, a, a state or two uh, to Hillary Clinton, and then she would have been declared the president-elect, and you would have had Donald Trump claiming there was fraud and that the uh, the voting machines were flipping votes and that we can't trust the computers, and I would be in the place where I would have to agree with Donald Trump. That's an incredibly dangerous uh, way to run a democracy. 
as I have been saying over and over and driving people crazy, and I am sorry for driving you crazy, but uh, someone's got to uh, someone's got to take that drive, I guess. Hey, Richard in Santa Barbara, welcome to the broadcast. Who would you like to blame today? Uh, yes, hi, Brad. Um, hey. I don't know if it would be the um, the DNC or the uh, Rahm Emanuel or whoever was running the mm-hmm. um, uh, agenda for the Obama administration in 2009, but there are two basic truisms, I believe. One, that the Republican Party is set up to be a minority-exclusive party, and two, that Democrats do well in elections when there is higher voter turnout. And having lived through 2000, having done you know work with black box voting in 2004 to try and understand what happened in Ohio, mm-hmm. it you know it was it's it was obvious that you know there was going to be one opportunity when Obama had both majorities in the House and the Senate to do something long-lasting and fundamentally um, important to improve our voting system. And that opportunity uh, was uh, not taken. You know, things, mm-hmm. very good things like Obamacare, which now is in, I think, serious jeopardy, yep. um, uh, were done instead. But to me, that's being in a democracy, that's, that's where everything starts is, you know, if you've got more supporters, that doesn't mean much unless those supporters can be registered, unless those supporters' votes are, are allowed to actually cast votes, and those ballots are actually counted properly. And without those things, you can have 60 70% of the, the population on your side, but if, they, if they're only being counted at, at uh, half of their value as opposed to your opponents, you are going to lose and you're going to end up with the situation we have today. And I think you're talking and, when you say uh, if they're only counted for half of their value, I think you're talking about uh, Bev Harris of Black Box Voting has uh, come out with this uh, report finding that uh, fra- what she calls fraction magic, essentially weighting the votes, uh, that there is functionality apparently built into the voting systems. Uh, we had her on broadcast uh, last Friday to talk about this. Uh, yeah. Functionality built into the, the, the computers, uh, the, the vote tabulation systems across the country that allows some votes to be weighted more than others. So my vote uh, you know, counts for 1.2 votes. Your vote counts for 0.8 of a vote. Uh, and uh, they add them up together, and what do you know? There's two votes, you're and mine. So the, the count is right. Nobody thinks to look. But in fact, my vote was end, ended up being worth more than yours. And I'm doing a real shorthand here to try to explain, uh, to explain this. You can go to uh, bradblog.com. You can download that program from Friday where I talked to Bev about that at some length. Um, we don't know. Let me be clear. We don't know that that was used in this election. But she says uh, that the functionality is in the machines uh, that are made by uh, Diebold and Heart Civic and Sequoia and Dominion, essentially, and I think ESNS. And that's essentially all the machines pretty much that are used across the country. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, when you see when you see in North Carolina, uh, two reporters simultaneously, one is in a suburban white neighborhood polling site with with no line and another is in a you know charlotte uh, mm-hmm. city black community site with with hundreds and maybe even more people waiting in line mm-hmm. um it's it, i think it's pretty self-evident that 
those votes are not being valued in the same way as the other votes. Well, that's and, true, yeah, in and of itself, just from the vote suppression, just from uh, making it harder to vote in those areas. Yep. And and you have yep. been involved with this for quite some time, and, and so that's why I wanted to, to um, introduce this question about 2009, because, you know, it's been a problem. It was a huge, well-documented story in both 2000 and 2004, Mm-hmm. Democrats, I'm sure, were saying, goodness, we've got to do something about this voter suppression. We've got to do something so that when we do our get-out-the-vote mm-hmm. things, that these people are actually, when they arrive at the poll, are on the registration rolls and yep. are allowed to cast a ballot and, and their machine doesn't malfunction or any of these other mm-hmm. little tricks and glitches that prevent those votes from being cast. And yet it wasn't done. And I know that Bev and others were... were no, they were and and look, we were going. Yeah. We got to do something and, here. Where there's problems. Yeah, and Richard, uh, and 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 I got to move on because there's a lot of folks here uh, who want to get through. But um, uh, yeah, they should have done something when they had the chance. That said, when they did have the chance, they were putting forward uh, crappy bills that would not have made things any better. Uh, unfortunately, or not much better when it came to electronic voting systems and when it came to uh, voter suppression issues. Well. That wasn't until 2013 where they uh, really uh, turned the screws by the U.S. Supreme Court gutting the Voting Rights Act. So they should have done more. They should have continued doing more. And, yes, they should be talking about it every goddamn day because nothing else matters if people can't get in and vote, have their vote counted, and know it was counted accurately. Thanks, Richard. I I appreciate the call. Thank you so much for your work, Brad. You bet. And yours uh, yours in return for those many years. Uh, Let me go to, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Nancy. We'll get to a break in a second, but let me go real quick to uh, Nancy in Chino Hills. Uh, Hey, Nancy, welcome to the Bradcast. Who do you blame? Um, I blame, I blame the fact that people believe what they hear if you repeat it enough times, like I don't think anybody but me noticed that Donald Trump con- continually repeated himself, and I believe I believe I, I, I blame The Apprentice because because he's a, uh, like a TV actor. All those people in the red states, I, I'm not I'm not racist, but all the rednecks who aren't educated, they see him as a movie star. And whatever he said, he didn't have to back it up. He had no platform. He just said what he wanted to say, and everybody believed it. I went to bed last night at 10 o'clock because I was having, like, like palpitations because I didn't think this could happen, mm. you know. Yeah. I'm a college-educated person, put myself through college. I see things are just going to get worse for everybody because he doesn't have to stand up to anything he said. Why would he? He's a tax evader. He's a sexual predator. He's a liar. And... He is probably dancing around, you know, in his little Trump Tower right now, laughing at the American public. Uh, Thanks, uh, Nancy. I appreciate that uh, call. And uh, go easy. Be kind to yourself. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to everyone else. As I said, we are all going through this together. Let me take a quick break, and we'll come back with many more of your calls. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. On the day after, I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Put one foot in front of the other And soon you'll be walking across the floor Put one foot in front of the other And soon you'll be walking out the door Welcome back to the broadcast. That's it. One foot in front of the other. We will get through this together. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Our phone number is 818-985. Five seven three five. Bernie Sanders just put out a statement saying Donald Trump tapped into the anger of a declining middle class that is sick and tired of establishment uh, economics, establishment politics, and the establishment media. People are tired of working longer hours for lower wages, of seeing decent-paying jobs go to China and other low-wage countries, of billionaires not paying any federal income taxes and not being able to afford a college education for their kids, all the very, all while the very rich become richer. He adds, to the degree that Mr. Trump is serious about pursuing policies that improve the lives of working families in this country, I and other progressives are prepared to work with him. To the degree that he pursues racist, sexist, xenophobic, and anti-environment policies, we will vigorously oppose him. Bernie Sanders' uh, statement today on Donald Trump. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Our old friend Morris from Long Beach. Uh, hey, Mo, welcome to the broadcast on the day after, my friend. Uh, Dr. Freeman? Yes, sir. Uh, the answer is the Electoral College uh, is the reason why Mrs. Clinton lost. I have a question for you, doctor. Yes. What do George Bush and Donald Trump have in common? George Bush and uh, what did George W. Bush and Donald Trump have in common? Yeah, Mr. Two Thousand Bush and today's Donald Trump. What do they both have in common? Oh boy, uh, too too many things to list. But what what did you have in mind? They were both uh, become presidents, but they were not democratically elected. Uh, Mr. Trump did not get the most votes. Mrs. Clinton got the most votes, mm-hmm. and Mr. Bush did not get the most votes. Uh, Mr. Gore got the most votes. And yep. If you would allow convicts to vote down in Florida, we wouldn't be talking about third candidates. Um, but yep. it's your electoral college, and um, you're talking about your Heritage Foundation and your Cato Foundation. They don't want everybody voting, and you're the only man I've heard. That's why I love you, Dr. Freeman. That's why you're a doctor. Only one person in this country of over 300 million people uses the words election fraud, which, of course, is tied into voter suppression. So, you know, uh, this is coming, but I'm glad it happened in this respect. There's a blessing here. Believe me, believe me folks, there's a blessing. We got a crash coming, and them boys got the government now, Dr. Freeman. Let's see what they do. Talk to you later. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother Mo. And to be clear, I'm not actually a doctor. 818-985-5735. Let's go to uh, Patricia in Sherman Oaks. Hey, Patricia, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. You're a doctor of life. <laughs> Thank you. You're kind. So who do you blame, uh, Patricia? I blame both the Electoral College and also the media. Uh, I think the media got a lot of money, all the talking heads, all the, the pundits uh, made a fortune on, on showing Donald Trump and, 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 you know, making him into 
something that's the monster that we have now in the White House, or that's mm-hmm. going to be in the White House. And then the Electoral College, Electoral College, we need to do something. What can we do to change that so that the popular vote wins? It's not right that we're deprived of the... the, the you have to change yeah you have to change the constitution which is not easy which uh, but it can be done it used to be done a lot a lot more but now you know to do it uh, people have to participate in the vote. I mean, it's just sort of a, a catch-22 here, but they have to start participating, not just on every four years in a presidential election. They have to start participating in the political process. They have to vote every time there's an election. Uh, and that's what uh, and that's what can change the Electoral College if you're serious about uh, changing uh, the Constitution. It's hard to do. Uh, Patricia, do we... We had to drop her there because of the noise. Uh, thanks, Patricia. I appreciate your call. Uh, you have to get involved in the process. Democracy, uh, is it uh, is it Hartman who always says it's not a spectator sport? Or is that Desi Doyen who says it's not a spectator sport? Either way, uh, you have to get involved. You can't wait for someone else to do it. And uh, for those of you who cast your protest vote by not voting at all, um This is what you got. Your vote, not at all, ultimately becomes a vote for, in this case, Donald Trump. And again, I'm not going to criticize you for that if that's what you wanted. If you wanted Donald Trump uh, to become president, congratulations, that has happened. I might suggest a more effective way to do that is to actually get out and cast a vote for Donald Trump. But short of that, if you think this protest vote, staying home, is going to make a difference, uh, I suspect it, it won't. Ryan in Los Angeles. Welcome to the broadcast, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Oh, been better. I know, I know. I'm 57, and I love the 70s. I love the 60s. I don't know what happened in the 90s. Everything changed. And you want to ask me, who do I want to blame? Yeah. I'd like to blame the citizens for allowing themselves to be coerced by the media and the government. Mm -hmm. They put these three stooges on the stage for us to vote for. Are you serious? There's other people, other candidates that are well qualified over them. Who who are these three stooges you're talking about, Ryan? Well, Bernie Sanders as Curly, Trump as Larry, and Hillary as Moe. Uh, they all fit the criteria. Really? Okay. Is, of all course. Right. Uh, all right. Bernie Sanders is, is one of the stooges as you see it? Because I think he gave someone, whether you like Bernie or not, uh, he gave voters something to vote for. And I don't know if Hillary ever actually gave voters something to vote for. And by the way, Donald Trump gave something, uh, gave voters something to vote for, uh, to make America great again, to build a wall full of hate, full of terrible things and things he probably won't ever be able to do. But he gave them something to vote for. Republicans do that. They gave them the, the contract with America back in the 90s. They gave them something to vote for, and I think that's uh, a key here. Ryan, i got to move on because I want to try to get to a bunch of callers. I appreciate appreciate your thought, though. Thank you. Uh, let's go uh, 818-985-5735. Miranda in Hyde Park. Hey, Miranda, welcome to the broadcast. Who would you like to blame today? Hi, Dr. Freeman. I would like to blame two things, the, Depart- the uh, Democratic National Convention. Yeah. Um, because I feel like Hillary, Hillary was a beneficiary in 
Democratic, uh, you mean the Democratic National Committee, not the convention, right? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. mean the committee, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, where they did everything that they could to depress exposure of Bernie Sanders or anybody mm-hmm. who had more to say than Hillary did. And I believe that uh, technically Hillary stole that uh, nomination, and I feel like she is now uh, a beneficiary, or a, uh, now this is to her detriment. Because the same thing, the, a lot of stuff that she was saying was nowhere near what Bernie Sanders, Sanders was saying, didn't have a lot of solidity to it. It didn't have a lot of teeth to it. Bernie Sanders actually made her start to say things that mm-hmm. were valuable to the American people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that too many people did not believe that she was genuine. The next thing I believe uh, is a big issue here. Bear with me is the self-deprecation of women that they still go through. When I looked at the numbers of women who actually voted for Trump, when it was these words that he used out of his own mouth, I would think that there are still way too many many women out there who still believe that they are not as good as men, they cannot do as good of a job as a man, and they still needed somebody to uh, lead them in uh, you know, hold their hand and bring them to the quote unquote promised land, which is the American dream. Those are the two things that I think that really happened. Here. So e- even though uh, Hillary won with women uh, reportedly uh, like 16 percent or something, you feel there still should have been more women voting for her or at, in any event not voting for Donald Trump. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Miranda. I really do appreciate the call. And uh, I really appreciate you, Brad. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. And once again, to be clear, I am not a doctor, although I'm sure my mother is delighted uh, hearing you call me that. Let's go to uh, Zane in uh, in Hermosa Beach. Uh, hey, Zane, welcome to the broadcast. Who would you like hey, to blame? Um, so I think... Uh, what's not being talked about enough is the media. I think in the primaries, you know, medias, they're all essentially private companies, and what they're in the business of is good ra- is good ratings, and Trump gave them that. Trump gave them great ratings, and, I mean, I remember in the primaries, they, the media covered an empty Trump podium while Bernie Sanders was giving a speech, and I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. I think that, you know, People say that any publicity is good publicity, and I think that with Trump, that was absolutely true. And I think the media just hyped him up every single day. You flip on the news and you see Trump, and even though a lot of the stuff that was going on with him wasn't great stuff, I mean, he wasn't a very he wasn't a conventional politician, so it didn't matter. I mean, his ratings kept going up, and they talked about him all the time. And the primary turned into like a freaking reality TV show, in my opinion. It was ridiculous. And then it got, and then he won the primary, and then it's like, okay, well, now this got a little serious, and also. The media in the primary reported that Hillary um, had already secured enough superdelegates to win the primary, deterring people who were voting for Bernie to go out and vote yeah. before all the votes were even counted. Yeah, yeah, they just passed on what the, the well, I mean, and this is the way the, the DNC has it set up with their superdelegate system, and the superdelegates said they were going to vote for Hillary, and therefore the media reported it as if it was a fact, as if that's what was going to happen. And by the way, yeah, uh, Zane, what... When you when you say uh, blame the media, uh, I want to not only blame the media, but I want to do something about the media, which is to say, and, you know, a lot of folks who are listening here uh, live today on KPFK probably already know this. 
uh, and and we tell people all the time uh, to support Bradblog, but uh, support your independent media, whatever it is, whether it's Bradblog.com, whether it's KPFK, whether it's whatever affiliate you're listening to uh, this show right now, it's probably not a commercial affiliate. We are on a couple of uh, commercial airwaves, uh, but it's probably a, a nonprofit or you have one that you rely on, that you count on. Support them. Support them now more than ever. Don't imagine uh, that somehow they are going to uh, survive, that somehow they're going to be able to, to hang in there and compete with the commercial media who, uh, you know, it's a blood sport for them. Putting Donald Trump on is a blood sport for them. They love this stuff. And, you know, they're not going to be uh, repentant about it. They'll navel gaze for a few minutes, but they're not going to change their ways. And why should they? They're they're getting billions of dollars. Citizens United, that's a problem? Sure, you're not going to hear it reported on corporate media because who's the beneficiary of Citizens United? Who gets all of those ad dollars? The same corporate media who we're all complaining about. So turn the tables, support your favorite independent alternative media out there. Anyway, yeah, so, sorry for that. Come down to it, it's just, I mean, I think it's just all about money and those independent radio stations, those independent, you know, broadcasting yep. stations, they just, they don't have the money to compete and it's just a shame and it's just, you know, I mean. Support your uh, your local uh, nonprofit media outlet, your favorite independent media. Zane, I got to go. Thanks. Uh, great, yeah, great, Thank great you. point. I really appreciate it. Uh, let me go to uh, boy. I, I figured people would have something to say today. Uh, Denise in Thousand Oaks. Uh, hey, Denise, welcome to the broadcast. Hi. Uh, first time uh, even calling into a radio station, but I came across you and thought, oh, I've got something to say about that. Well, thank you, Denise. What's on your mind? Well, um, I was telling the, uh, the other lady on the phone first uh, that living out here in Reagan country, there were uh, a number, uh, a lot of people who voted Republican. And I think the point I just wanted to make was I was seeing a lot of the same things happen in this election that I saw when Reagan was uh, uh, mm-hmm. elected into office years ago. People were ready for a change. And it isn't that they're starstruck. It isn't that they're... Uh, you know, not as absolutely fed up with the media as every other demographic, too. We're ready for a change. And eight years ago, that was the battle cry change for a completely different demographic of the population. And now it just seems like um, it's a dirty word for anybody who voted for Donald Trump, who said, I'm sick of the media. I'm sick of the establishment in Washington. I really don't believe any of you. So you know what? I'm going to vote the guy who's got the what quite the loudest bullhorn. I'm going to blow. I'm going to blow the whole thing up, right? Yeah, we're I, we're I good really with that. Yeah. I really get the sense that a lot of people had a basic let's do something drastic, and it, and they're not stupid people. A lot of educated college educated people uh, voted uh, for Donald Trump. It isn't that we're rednecks or anything like that because. Quite frankly, if it is mostly white males who didn't finish college that were voting for Donald Trump, you'd have to put people like Bill Gates into that category, too. Did you, uh, sounds like you were a Trump voter yourself, Denise? Yes, absolutely. You happy about, you're very excited about this? uh, I think I am along the lines of a moderate voter saying, I hope for better. I literally am so disgusted with Washington. I figure he can't do any worse. He's a successful businessman. 
let's see if somebody from the outside can shake things up enough to get something to happen because right. we, a lot of people watched the last uh, if if you need Obama. if you need surgery, are you going to go to a, a, an outsider who happens to be a barber? You know, actually, I'm glad you said that. I did need surgery, and I was not able to get surgery that I needed here in the United States yeah. for the care that I wanted and the price. So, actually, I did end up going outside of the United States for it. So, no, I no, I didn't. No, I didn't say outside the United States. Are you going to go to a barber and have them do your? You say that he's a businessman, and that somehow uh, he will understand and 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 be able to. Uh, uh, continue uh, uh, U.S. governance, world governance, uh, because he's an outsider. He knows nothing about the job. He is absolutely unskilled, unqualified, does not know how you to know be president, what? does not understand policy. But you're good with that, right? Right. Okay. I, I think that a lot of Republicans might look at that and say, well, the founding fathers weren't states, all statesmen. Some of them were literally farmers. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just saying intelligence, I I guess you could say that you get more points for intelligence if you sit on Capitol Hill for 30 years first, but that's not a guarantee. Fair enough. It is not a guarantee, Uh, although uh, she certainly had uh, actual qualifications uh, for the job, understood the job, uh, was certainly, uh, whether you like her or not, probably more qualified than anybody who has ever run for it. Thanks, Denise. I do appreciate that call. Uh, We got to get out here in a minute. So my my uh, thanks to all of you who called in today. My apologies. I couldn't get to more of you. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with the broadcast. We'll hopefully we'll open the phones again up, uh, next week. I want to share this very quickly before we go from John Schwartz of The Intercept, uh, in his article, Donald Trump will be president. This is what we do next. He offers a list of nine things to do and doesn't sugarcoat how horrible and scary and difficult this will be. Denise's uh, uh, feelings notwithstanding. Uh, But he does end with this one. Number nine, be good to yourself and everyone else. Liberals, leftists, and sundry have real and profound differences, but for the foreseeable future, we must hang together or we will surely hang separately, metaphorically or otherwise. Since we're stuck with each other, let's be kind, he writes, in a country engineered to treat everyone horrendously every day, demonstrating that we extend real respect to one another might even be a winning recruitment strategy, he notes. I offered similar sentiments at uh, bradblog.com last night. Uh, I wrote, uh, we are all much greater than this, but we survived eight years of George W. Bush, most of us, and we will survive this too, together, because we must. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's broadcast or any other, you can download it for free at any time at bradblog.com. Drop me an email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com, and you can find me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at The Brad Blog. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.